In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. And you made this? What is going on, all of you handsome listeners? Welcome back to The Dagger, a podcast where we cover all things NBA and the top news in all of basketball. I am Taylor Call. I am joined by the boys, Dion Franklin, BJ Johnson. Say what's up to the people. What's good? What up? Shameless plug. Follow us on social media at the Dagger Podcast. Interact with us. Keep up to date with everything we got going on. Boys, we are one week away at the time of recording from the start of the NBA season. Hyped does not even begin to describe it. I am so excited for this season. Let's go. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Today, all kinds of storylines and things emerging from the preseason and camp. It's a little bit of an altercation the other day. At the Warriors facility, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole getting into it. What do we think of that whole situation? Warriors need to move on from Draymond Green. We'll talk about that today. Get off the tracks. The Victor Wembanyana hype train has officially left the station. Okay. He played two games the other day, and people are calling him the greatest prospect ever. Looking at BovadaSportsBook.com, he is minus 1,000 to go first overall in the draft next year. (laughs) We're like a year out. (laughs) That is absolutely insane. Just get his locker now. Hype Train has left the station. Are we on board? Is he the greatest prospect ever? Talk a little bit about young Victor. The NBA seriously considering lowering the draft age from 19 to 18 starting in 2024 are we fans of that talk about all that today but first you guys already know how it works we got some awards to give out hooper of the week good hustle award bj take it with your hooper of the week loudly um i was going to give my good hooper to a guy we're going to talk about Later that we just mentioned, but I don't want to take too much away from that. So I'm going to give it to Coach K. Um, the Redeem Team documentary came out over this past weekend, and there were some struggles clearly that Team USA have been going through since 92 when the Dream Team was over there uh, with Jordan, Magic Bird, all the guys. The, they were struggling. Like, throughout the 2000s, we actually lost, and they, like, I think we took home bronze in 2004. 
think I forgot who we lost to, but Larry Brown was a coach at the time and she wasn't working. Coach K comes in and he kind of implements this system of the guys have to be unselfish. He's pushing the right buttons. He's got LeBron and Kobe jiving. He's got D-Wade buying a roll off the bench. But you can tell Coach K, like, why he was so good at Duke was because he was good with people. And he was good at getting his message across. Uh, came from a military background. Didn't really take any mess. So it was cool to see, like, behind the scenes how coaching actually mattered, you know, when you were trying to win a gold medal. Because, like, the people overseas and, like, European players were catching up pretty fast. And Coach K, he made the U.S. players, like, respect that and play really unselfish. And I, without him, we probably wouldn't have won those gold medals. Yeah, that's facts. Yeah. Um, I remember when Jason Tatum was on the old man in the three, he would tell this story and other Duke players have confirmed that. Oh, um, that yeah. <laughs> um, after a tough loss, coach K would go into the locker room before practice the next time they had practice and he would take all the um, jerseys and shorts and he would leave them with like the $3 PE shorts and a white t-shirt. That's it. I'm like, you got to earn the Duke stuff back. After yeah. that loss, that is hysterical. <laughs> but I mean, I, absolutely right. Huge, huge dub to Coach K. Maybe another Hooper of the Week stemming from the Redeem Team documentary. We'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Dion, nice. take it away with your Hooper of the Week. All right. <clears throat> My Hooper of the Week is kind of sad, but like it's a happy story, I guess. Um, we all know what happened back in May this year when – there was the school shooting at Uvalde in Texas uh, where the school shooter came in and killed a ball, a bunch of people. But last week, however, the San Antonio Spurs decided to go over there, hold an open practice for the community and have a community fair um, where anyone could go watch the team practice and interact with the team. It's just like a great move by the Spurs to do this for the community that is healing for what happened to to them that day. It's just like just such a small gesture, but like it can impact the life of so many people by doing that. That I just think they deserve the Hooper of the week. And you know, it's it's always like good to have a distraction from all the like sadness that's going around there for the past six months. So, props to the Spurs for doing that. I love when those type of stories like surface. Absolutely. I mean, this is why we love sports, right? This is mm-hmm. why we love sports. You know, it's escape, a much needed escape from reality. But Absolutely. at the same time, sports teach us about life, right? Sports mirror reality. Mm-hmm. That's why we love sports right there. Love that move Absolutely. by the Spurs to do that. Um, My Hooper of the Week. Also coming from the Redeem Team documentary. And just in general, deserves a Hooper of the Week every week. Kobe Bryant. What was the narrative around Kobe Bryant? Pretty much his whole career. Selfish. Self-absorbed. Can't play well with others. Ball hog. Um, a dick, right? This mm-hmm. this was yeah. his, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff that followed him his whole career. And now... Sadly, some of us are only learning after Kobe passed how just false that is. One of the biggest things coming out of the Redeem Team documentary are the stories about Kobe Bryant, about just how different that guy really was, how hard he worked, how unselfish he was. Was he demanding? Yes. But he put that the most pressure on himself, and he worked his ass off at all times. 
that dude was different. And we collectively owe an apology to Kobe Bryant in the, as fans for thinking that that guy was selfish. So Kobe Bryant, Hooper of the Week. Love to see all those stories come out about Kobe in the Redeemed Team documentary. Absolutely. I got another Hooper of the Week. Be a little bit less serious. Um, this Hooper of the Week goes to a young man named Israel. I apologize for butchering this. Abikanda. Um, Israel is a running back for the University of, Pens- of Pittsburgh. Recently played a game against Virginia Tech. He had a pretty good game. Um, only going for 320 rushing yards and six touchdowns. Um, if you're into fantasy Boy. football at all, <laughs> that's that <a> is w. <laughs> 68 fantasy points on the that's ground. That's an automatic dub. That's <laughs> basically the baddest dub of all time. Holy shit. <laughs> this that's was not a football crazy. game. This was a track meet. My guy ran 100, 200, and 400 in the same game. Facts. Virginia Tech might want to lock, close those holes a little bit, but Israel for the week. Yeah. Damn. That's well. That's a game if I've ever seen one. Yeah, Holy 320. Shit. 320. Wow. Yeah, 68 fantasy points. I don't know if he caught any balls either. That was just on the ground. So that's oh. a little wild. Damn. I can't even believe it. I need that guy on my fantasy team. Here we go, defense. Here we go. That is tough. That is tough. (laughs) Watching this man just exhaust himself, kicking your ass. All right. Let's get negative, shall we? Um, This Good Hustle Award goes to a frequent flyer on this list, Ben Simmons. What did he do now? (laughs) It's only early, but. Season even started, bro. Tip. That's true. <laughs> ben Simmons has played 44 minutes in the preseason so far and has only scored 10 points. Okay. At practice, of course, the Nets are not panicking. They're saying we need to be patient with Ben Simmons. He just needs time. And as a fan, I'm sick of waiting for Ben Simmons. I'm tired of being patient. We haven't seen this guy for two years. What do you mean as a fan? <laughs> I have no patience for Ben Simmons. You should be well rested. Okay. A, didn't you know he's like the leader of the Ben Simmons fan club? This bro. is like a this is like a preemptive good hustle award. <laughs> ben Simmons. Good hustle. Let's let's put the ball in the hoop a little bit. All right. You're getting outscored by a lot by As Sam Hauser. Okay. <laughs> preseason, no preseason. I don't care. All right, Dion. Who who's hustling? All right, so a news came out today or yesterday. I forgot which day it was, but it's about Dennis Schroeder and how about how he claims that two years ago after his season with the Lakers, there was never a contract for $84 million and they were all imagining things and that that never (laughs) happened and that he didn't fumble the bag. Okay, dog, whatever you say, dog. (laughs) Why bring this up now? Well, you could have mentioned this at any point in the last two years. And now, like, you're like, oh, they never offered me that money. I'm not that stupid. Okay. <laughs> we, we, wh- whatever you say, bro. Whatever you say, bro. So we all know you fumbled a bag. And it's it's okay. Just own up to bro. it, dog. It's, it's fine. It's fine. So for that, he's my good hustle award of the week. 
Dennis Schroeder. What possible benefit would the Lakers have from making up a contract offer that they gave? Right? Right? He was the one to say turn it down. Yeah. <laughs> nice try, buddy. Two, <laughs> nice two <try>. years. <laughs> yeah. I guess no, you think we're all stupid. <laughs> you're holding all of this good hustle award. That's a that's yeah. a great pick. <laughs> I mean, you fumbled the largest bag of all time. The largest mm-hmm. fumble of any bag of all time. Get get out of here with your excuses and your revisionist history. I'm with you one thousand percent. BJ, take us home. Who who's hustling? Oh my goodness, man! This guy here. Um, you know, you want to let people cook. You know, they say let Russ cook. Not Russell Westbrook. I'm talking Russell Wilson, baby, from the Denver <laughs> Broncos. Russell Wilson, baby. <laughs> you know, uh, Broncos country. That's right. Not That's to the right. not to the playoffs though. <laughs> not right. Broncos country. Let's cry, baby. Broncos country. Let's kick. Like, like let's kick and punt all game because we can't score. <laughs> My guy, Russell Wilson, played a Thursday night football game against the Indianapolis Colts. And you want to know what the final score in overtime was? 12 to 9, baby. Not a single touchdown thrown. Um, I think that game set offense back 50 years. I want to say it made – it doesn't look like offense is a thing anymore in the NFL. My guy, Russ, threw an interception on fourth and goal. He threw the ball on fourth and one, similar to how he did against the Patriots all those years ago when he got it picked off. Like, have mm-hmm. you learned nothing, man? You're getting a quarter of a billion dollars and you still don't know what you're doing? <laughs> like, watching Russell Wilson play football, he's like, damn, somebody down there with a jersey, oh, it got to be a Broncos jersey. He's just chucking the ball down, man. And then <laughs> after the game, when the reporters are like, Russ, why, was, why are you struggling? Is everything all right? He says, you know, I got to be better. And then before he leaves, he goes, Broncos country. Let's ride. If there was ever the worst time to say Broncos, <laughs> let's ride. It's after you score nine points and you like lose to the Colts. Kicking. Scoring 12. 12, like 12 to 9. Like I think anybody who watched that game on Amazon Prime should literally get a free membership. You should get Prime Day every day for having to watch that. Like mm-hmm. it just wasn't fair. And Russ, hold this good hustle, man. Like I hope it's not a bad year for guys named Russ again, but it ain't off to a good start. Come on, Russ. Come on. Facts. Come on, Mr. Wilson. Facts. Yeah, I'm getting some major Russ, Russ, Russell Westbrook type of vibes. Say, same energy. Same energy. Mm-hmm. Russell mm-hmm. Wilson with the Broncos. Russell Westbrook with the Lakers. Same same energy. That's facts, actually. Broncos country. That's right. Bro, you were already ride. like the Let's biggest ride. meme of all time. <laughs> Maybe let's not steer into that. Okay. Maybe <laughs> let's. Let's get the ball in the end zone. Like the best rivalry in the NFL Once. these days is the Broncos in the red zone, and they're getting <laughs> their ass kicked. Red zone up Bucks. a million. Yeah, um, that's that's tough. My my eyes. Two hundred fifty million too. That's tough. <laughs> Quarter yes. of a billion dollars. All right. As we talked about in the intro, staying with the negativity from the Good Hustle Awards. Draymond Green punching the absolute shit out of Jordan Poole in practice the other day. And holy shit. <laughs> um, I assume you guys have seen the video leaked by TMZ. Um, when they say punched, this is not like, a, 
you know, punched in an NBA game, like took a swing, does, you know, connects with barely connects with like the shoulder or something in the scuffle. No, this was UFC call the fight and throw in the towel. <laughs> My guy got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> that you was just got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> that was absolutely insane. Um, BJ, what were your thoughts on this whole sucker punch from Draymond Green to Jordan Poole? Not to put words in your mouth, but. Um, honestly, normally I'm not shocked by stuff that Draymond does, but like to see a dude just walk up to his teammate, like so calmly, so slow and not a single coach nor teammate does anything about it. Like, I just like, I'm surprised cause I, I, I met Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole's from Milwaukee. And like, I think Milwaukee is how somebody get that close to, you should already know like, okay. Like right, a little right, <laughs> like right. My guy got a, he got a one piece. Like didn't need a biscuit, fries, nor a drink. He got the coolest one piece ever. And I'm just like shocked that one. I'm shocked the video even got out. Like I'm just say that now. I don't even know how that's out there. Like that's a whole other story. But it just seemed like none of the teammates and coaches around were like that worried about anything happening. And like you, you hear oh fights happen all the time, and every fights always happen. But this seemed like there was more to it. Like there was something really vicious about that hit. Like there was something with he he did that with some hatred in his heart. Mm-hmm. A so lot. This is the first time I can say I'm like kind of surprised by some Draymond did because he usually almost crosses the line, straddles it, but he obliterated the line. Like he 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 just he destroyed the line by doing that. <laughs> It, it's crazy, bro. Like, cause, it, like you said, like that was gonna be my point. Like everybody say, oh, it happens all the time in practice. I don't know who said it on ESPN. I don't know Richard Jefferson or something. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, it happens all the time. They just don't leak it. They don't like have the recording or whatnot, bro. If that happened every time in practice, the the league wouldn't be the same, dog. Like nope. that is it, just it is it happens, but not like that. Cause like. It happened during one of our practices at Marquette, but like it wasn't like that. And they didn't that that punch had that that wasn't a punch, that was a sucker punch. That was something that you don't even expect at that at that point. Cause like Jordan Poole did not expect that to happen because he pushed them before the punch. He was like, get off me, dog. Like, what are you doing? And then Draymond just boom, like completely followed through with the punch. It was insane. Yeah, he's lost it. Right? So yeah. like it, it was it was just different. Like th- that's all I was gonna say. Like people say that it happens all the time. That was not something that happens all the time. You can't be teammates after that, dog. <laughs> in, in no way. Yeah, I mean, just another antic from Draymond. Like, what can we say about this dude? Uh, for this, that was an absolute bitch move. Like, absolutely. That was about one thing. People are like, oh, Draymond, he's a team guy. Oh, he's just keeping other people. That thing was about one thing, and that was Draymond and his pride. That was the only thing about oh, that absolutely. was about. Jordan Poole, don't get me wrong, he's definitely a little chirpy. He definitely he's has a, a little bit of a mouth on him. You know, he likes to, you know, he's, I, I think you could call him cocky, mm-hmm. but you know, for for Draymond just to fly off the handle like that, that just means Jordan Poole mouthed off to him, and for you to react oh, yeah. that way, it just means like your your pride is at stake. Like nobody talks to me that way. Wow, good job, dude! Yeah. You sucker, you sucker punched your own teammate, knocked him out cold, 
and risk the entire season for your pride. You happy? This is a team guy, really? Really? He was not thinking about the team at that point. Draymond Green's entire value to the Warriors is being unselfish and being a team guy, being a leader. Does that look like leadership to you? Hell no. That's like the that's the opposite. <laughs> yeah, that was it was absolute bullshit. That that's yeah. what it was. Absolutely. I, it I I cannot in any world imagine that Draymond Green and Jordan Poole are gonna be cool at any point. Never. Impossible. Never. Impossible. Like, we were talking about how Rust and Pat Bev were never put their differences aside. This this is a whole other level. <laughs> I mean yeah. Russ and Pat Bev, it's, it's been a decade, though. Yeah. Like, they never oh, did oh, it like this. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. This Bro. is fresh. Yeah. And with the video being leaked, like, that changes literally everything about the situation. Because before, it was left to imagination. Like, okay, maybe he threw a punch and it connected. Yeah. But like, this wasn't throwing uh, a punch. This was, like, damn near Thor's hammer connecting with somebody's face, like, he did that with some very – something was clearly between them two. And then I think Draymond says he has love for Jordan Poole. Like, that's his brother. That's his guy. I said, you don't hit your guy like that, though. Like, ever. I've disagreed with my teammates, friends before. We've, like, yelled at each other. But it has never gotten to that level. Like, we come to each other afterwards and go, I was wrong or something like that. Or we just disagree and talk about it. Like, I would never imagine <laughs> walking up to my teammate in the middle of practice and just – Socking him in the face and then acting like, oh yeah, we're gonna be cool after that. Like it's completely fine. <laughs> like, like Taylor, like TC was saying, like as a vet and as a leader, that's just something you don't do. Like I couldn't imagine like LeBron or KD or like some of the older guys going up to a sec or third year player and hitting them in the face. Like I just don't think that's what some of these guys would do. And I don't know, like. Clearly, like we've been saying, it might have to do something with the contract situation. Like maybe like Draymond is salty or the Warriors are like, yeah, we got to pay Poole and Wiggins. We don't know if we got to pay you. And does Jordan Poole know that? But I don't know. It's definitely – this wasn't just like this is something that happens all the time kind of thing. Yeah. It, w- it wasn't like something that just happened that's like, like, like spur of the moment. Like there was some lead up to it. Yeah. You can, you can definitely tell. What's what's telling to me though is how everyone reacted before he punched. Nobody bad an eye. Like Draymond just does this all the time. Like, how dare you stand up to me? Like, how mm-hmm. dare you try and give it back to me? Like, yeah, the nerve of a third year player wanting his own contract, having played his way into a new contract, wanting to stand up to you and wanting more of a role. How dare he? Really? This this is what we're pissed about? This is what you flew off the handle about? I can't believe it. And clearly the Warriors could because they kind of just stood there for a while. Yeah, oh, he's at Draymond has attitude again. What's new? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Here he goes again. (laughs) Yep. Unbelievable. So then the question is begged, what should the Warriors do about it? Dion, you are now the GM of the Golden State Warriors. What do you do about Draymond and Jordan Poole I don't think that's even a question like what what I would do like uh bye bye Draymond triple single aka triple single I have Jordan Poole a young stud that just literally was on fire during the first few rounds of the playoffs and then you have a dude that's supposed to be the team guy and punches one of his teammates I think that 
the solution is simple. Bye bye Draymond. You can find another Draymond. You yeah, know, one thousand percent. I'm trading Draymond yesterday for whatever mm-hmm. I can get for him. Also, I'm firing the whatever who, the video guy that leaked it. Oh, absolutely. Because, because like, I a sabotage, <laughs> bro. This is what bothers me the most out of the whole thing. Like, dog, you're gonna risk. You're gonna like lose your job to make 50k to send a video to TMZ, dog. Like, why? That's like. Th- you make that in like half a year, probably as being a video coordinator. Like, why would you do? How stupid can you be? Like, yeah. now you lose your job and you will never work in any professional league ever again for fifty yeah. k. Come on, dog, get out of here. Uh, yeah, but I I'm getting rid of Draybon immediately. It's oh, a yeah, contract absolutely. year. He doesn't move as well as he used to. He got absolutely destroyed in, during parts of the finals. Like Andrew Wiggins was supposed to lock up Jason Tatum, did so. Draymond Green was supposed to lock up Jalen Brown, got cooked. Okay. Yeah. Like this is not the same dude on the floor. And clearly in the locker room, his antics have escalated. Are the Warriors going to do it? No, they're not going to. And I'll tell you why. Because I think Steph and Clay have Draymond's back. They like having him on the team. They like what he does on the floor. And the Warriors seem much more concerned about who leaked the video than actually dealing with Draymond Green. Yeah, mm-hmm. They're much more upset with the video getting out than what's on the video, which, yep. I mean, I understand. But you would think with a young player like Jordan Poole, you would have his back a little bit more in this whole thing. Like Draymond says he's stepping away to do some soul searching or whatever. Like, what? what is that? He should have been at least suspended already, like disciplined by the team. But I don't think the Warriors are actually going to have Jordan Poole's back in this. So, BJ, what what are you doing with Draymond if you're the GM of the Warriors? Um, honestly, like you guys were saying, I think the thing that makes the most sense is he has to go, but I don't think he has to go right away. Just yeah. for the simple fact that if he is in a contract year and knowing the Warriors, they want to win at all costs. So I would let him prove his value one more time, but not to stay on my team. I would look to let him prove his value and by the trade deadline, see what offers I could field for him. Or if it's not working before that, I would tell him he's on a tight leash. And the, the second he does any, the first technical he gets, he's waived or he's cut. Like I would have Draymond on that kind of a tight leash because he has no leverage in this situation because he's in a contract year. Um, Ultimately, again, I'll say the video changed everything. I think internally they were going to handle it, just suspend him for maybe a couple days or whatnot, and he wasn't going to miss any game time. But I think now the league is like, you need to do something about that. Um, so I think maybe Draymond misses maybe misses a game or two. But I think I'm with you guys. I don't really see how this helps the culture in my locker room. Um, now I think you have young guys who don't really trust Draymond because – when Steph and Clay were out, the Warriors were terrible. Like, and Draymond admitted he wasn't like he wasn't competitive. He didn't care. So I don't think the young guys have much respect for him. So I think you have to let him go, but it won't be right away. And you saying the video changes everything could not be more accurate because from the Jordan Poole side of this too, not only did you get knocked out in practice, literally everyone has seen you get knocked out in practice. Like, there's no yeah. going back to work with Draymond after that. This man uh-huh. has humiliated you. And it's not like you did anything wrong. He sucker punched you. Like, what are you supposed to do? Mm-hmm. But everyone has seen it. And it just makes it that much. 
every every visiting arena is going to troll Jordan Poole about. Oh this. my god, it's going to be mad. every opposing like, player is going to troll Jordan Poole over this. And we saw how the yeah. Warriors handled the KD versus Draymond drama. They just tried KD to left. smooth it over. It's all good. Nothing to see here. And KD left. <clears throat> I mean, KD is KD. You know, we've said thrown around words like soft when it comes to KD off of the court. But I think the Warriors have to choose a side this time. They have to choose a side. Draymond has forced your hand. Okay. I I think you have to pick a side this time. I mean, they picked the side that that time too. They picked Draymond. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. why. That's why KD was gone. Yeah. Accurate. Yeah. In it, trying to in trying to not choose a side, they chose a side. Oh, absolutely, they did. They, they I mean, it was good for the chemistry for that team, I guess. Um, it will be interesting to see where Draymond ends at the end of the season after this season. I th- I, I think Bovada should put out a line to see if he was gonna if he's gonna stay or not. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm hammering the gone. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you got it. You got to side with Jordan Poole, right? Mm-hmm. How could you not? Going along with this whole Jordan Draymond punching Jordan Poole fights happening in practice all the time. A lot of people are drawing the comparison with a common denominator of the time Michael Jordan famously punched Steve Kerr in practice. Okay, a lot of people talking about that of like, oh, it's a double standard. When Draymond punches Jordan Poole, he gets heat, but everyone loves MJ, even though he punched out Steve Kerr. Uh, VJ, is that a fair comparison? Um, I actually think it is a fair comparison because you shouldn't punch or put your hands on teammates either way. And I actually do think people have been saying, oh, it was MJ. Like, you, M- Draymond's not MJ. I'm like, well that is a bad double standard. Like, you shouldn't put your hands on teammates regardless. Like, I think it was wrong then and it's wrong now because essentially, like, they both was bullying a smaller dude. Like, yeah, Draymond is about six, seven, maybe 30 pounds heavier. Steve Kerr is Steve Kerr. MJ was, like, six, six ripped. Like, it wasn't a fair thing. So, I think it's a fair comparison because it's just, like, the simple fact, why are you picking on that dude? Um, only difference I will say is, Draymond hit somebody in a preseason practice. I'm pretty sure Michael Jordan was not punching people in a preseason, <laughs> like not a younger dude like that. So, but it's still kind of the same thing in my eyes. Look, I I get the comparison of like, yes, Jordan got away with in terms of public opinion, things that other players don't get away with, right? We put Jordan on a pedestal. You know, boomers especially of like Jordan did no wrong, you know, the perfect leader, all of these things. But I do think there's some key distinctions and some key differences. First of all, Jordan was leading from the front. Okay. Whatever Jordan asked his teammates to do, he did himself. Okay. When he was driving them in practice, he was the one pushing the tempo. He was the one pushing an off-season workouts. Was he a dick? Absolutely. Should we give him a total pass for, you know, punching out Steve Kerr? No. But there are some key differences. Of Draymond has built his whole career on being a professional instigator, okay? Having way too much pride, not giving a shit about anybody else. But Jordan was a real leader in a lot of ways. And so I do totally get the point of, like, we shouldn't give Jordan a pass for this. But also it's not the same. Of, like, Draymond, I think, is just such a different type of player because he's such an instigator because he relies on his other teammates so much to get him over the finish line when Jordan wasn't. 
I'm just gonna be quick. Like, I don't agree with that at all. Like, just because you score points, you get you get to punch people in the face. No, they're both leaders. Draymond would do Draymond is part of this dynasty just as much as Curry and Clay. Just as much, in my opinion. Yes, he doesn't score, but he does all the other stuff that the other players don't want to do. And just because your role on the court is not scoring points doesn't mean you can't you you are held to a different standard. To me, it's the same thing. And I don't care like who you are, like if you're Michael Jordan or LeBron James or KD or you don't you just don't do that. Mm. You just don't like it. Just it there's not there's no way like there's a distinction here, just because you score more points. I'm not saying it's just because he scores more points. But that's what I'm... you're saying, though. Like, oh, they're just because it's Michael Jordan, like he can do whatever he wants. Like, no, that's not what I'm they're saying. They're both leaders. You, you're saying that Draymond is not a leader because he doesn't score as much as Michael Jordan, basically. What I'm saying is, is that Jordan wouldn't ask his teammates to do anything that he wouldn't do, while Draymond is just trying to be a ball buster and trying to whip his teammates into shape when he can't do it himself. Okay, well, so it, it, that's what it, I'm saying. Go, I go mean, ahead, I'm saying like you're saying we shouldn't give Michael Jordan a pass, but at the same time you're saying we should give Michael Jordan a pass because it's Michael Jordan. I'm saying like basically by that metric, the best player on every team is allowed to punch their exactly. teammates in the face. Like and I don't think that's like accurate. Like no matter what you do, you could be PJ Tucker and you still deserve the same respect. Like you might not have the glamorous stat line, but I don't think like who you are on your team should determine whether you get to hit somebody in the face and we like look at you differently because of it. Like, I don't think just because it's Michael Jordan, we should say, well, he was, that was his leadership style or his, he would, he would do the same thing. Like you think Tom, I don't think Tom Brady might be the same kind of leader, but is he punching dudes in the face? I don't think so. Like, I just don't think you can give somebody a pass based on their status on the team. I'm not saying give Michael Jordan a pass. I'm saying both punches are wrong. But when you look at the body of work, okay, when you take it into context, Michael Jordan, I don't, to my knowledge, didn't really yeah, have anything bo- else. That like body that. of work don't matter. The punch still hurts. Like that. Don't I'm not excusing the punch. I'm just saying I'm just it's different so. because it's look at thing. look at everything else. Draymond is a professional instigator. Okay, what does that have to do with anything? Drove away KD. He's calling out net. Warriors this ain't got to do nothing with that. That has nothing to do though. with what we're saying, though. We're That's what I'm saying. Look at the whole body of words. Okay, well, then if we're just talking about the punch, yes, I guess it's a fair comparison. You shouldn't be punching teammates, and Jordan shouldn't get a pass just because he's Michael Jordan. Okay? Fair? Yeah. I'm I'm saying I think it is a little bit different overall because Draymond and Michael Jordan are very different. But if you look at that specific instance, no, you shouldn't say yeah. Michael Jordan's a great leader holding everyone accountable. Yeah. I'm talking about this one incident, like not previous. I'm talking about just punching a teammate in the face purely. Like, I don't think any, anybody can get away with that. Then mm-hmm. No, no no one should get a pass for that. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't help anything. It's just you and your pride. But I will say this. The thing that MJ has going for him is we will never know how hard yep. he hit Steve Kerr. Yep. That's true. Not a video. That's true. There's no, we don't there's know no footage. No yeah, footage. so MJ probably could have just like hit him okay. Yeah. <laughs> he could have did way less than Draymond. So he does have that going for him. Yeah. To be fair, yep. I don't think Steve Kerr was unconscious at any point. No, I was going to say, Steve <laughs> Kerr probably was like, hit me again, you know? <laughs> you know what I wish we would have the footage of? The Bobby Portis Nikola Miritich punch. 
Oh yes. He, he broke his jaw. League, bro. He yeah. broke his jaw league. and send him back to Hero Europe, bro. Yeah. I need to see that punch dog. Yeah, we gotta find that somewhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> TMZ probably got that footage on lockdown. <laughs> yep. Hundred percent. All right, enough about Draymond. Um let's talk about the most exciting thing that's come out of the preseason. Victor Wambanyana. The seven foot four French monster, only eighteen years old. The Metro ninety twos, I think that's what they're called. Metros ninety two, whatever. Mm-hmm. Played the Ignite G League showcase in two games, and Victor Wambanyana scored seventy three points in seventy minutes, and Twitter was freaking out about it. Showcasing all the skills, rebounding, shot blocking, shot hitting, shot creation, dunks, threes, had it all. So, first off, I think a couple of people have said either Victor Wambanyana is the greatest prospect of all time or are saying he's the greatest prospect since LeBron James. Okay. Dion, what do you think about either of those claims? Well, the second one, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. Um, he is a, he is an amazing talent. He can do it all. He's 7'5 with shoes. He has curry range. He has some handles for being 7'5. Like, he can do it all. He post moves, everything. Um, of all time, that I don't know. I don't remember all the prospects all the time, but he's he's definitely like up there, like top top three for sure. I would say there's so I have concerns about him, so that's why I wouldn't say of all time. But people are saying like he's he's like go uh, potential and all of that. But we'll see. I I'll save my concerns for the next part. Yeah, I agree. He's definitely the best prospect since LeBron. Oh, that's by a mile, yeah. Better too, better than LeBron. I, it's hard to say because we have the benefit of hindsight with LeBron because we know he 1,000% lived up to that billing and mm-hmm. more. And so it's hard to say because we don't see what's going on with Victor yet. But I mm-hmm. will say, I think he is the most unique prospect that absolutely, we've ever seen. Absolutely. One million percent. seen a dude that big do what he does. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there are no holes in his game. Okay. And yep. the only other person I think you could say that about was LeBron. They are, and LeBron was unique in that he was a true point forward in a way that we hadn't really seen before that. And Victor, I think, is going to change the position in the same way. So, I think, I mean, gun to my head, I think he may be the best prospect ever just because his size is so unique. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, you know, we have the benefit of hindsight with LeBron, so it's it's hard to say that. But, Vijay, what do you think about Victor as the greatest prospect ever? Um, I just want to start out with a quote from one of the great philosophers. Um, I don't know what y'all feed him, but he is too damn big. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think TC took the words out of my mouth. I don't know if he's the greatest prospect I've ever seen, but he's the most unique player I have ever seen. I think um, I was watching him play last week, and he was bringing up the he was bringing up the ball with no problem, 
usually bigger guys where well, they'll turn their back or try to like make sure the finish can't get to it. He's putting the ball out in front of people. Um, he's shooting off not only he's coming off pin downs, he's coming off dribble pull-ups, coming off screens, off it. the dribble. And I'm like, I thought KD was the only guy that size doing that. First it was Dirk, then it was KD. And now it's him. And he plays defense too. To be able to play like both sides of the floor like that, like if KD and Gobert were like to just be in a lab and fuse together, it would be this dude. Actually, he's taller than Gobert. But taller. Yeah, he's just yeah. taller. Um, and I like his attitude, though. Like, they asked him what he could get better at. He said, my stamina's got to be better, and all his hype don't mean nothing because I haven't done anything. I think that is what sold me on him, like, out the get-go was his mindset. Like, he wasn't just ready for fame. He's like, I, I still got work to do. Um, I think he's the – I don't know if greatest – again, I won't, know, I won't say that just because it's hard to say, but I don't know if we have ever or will ever see something like this, like, with that combination of ability – at the at that at eighteen years old, like my man can't even legally drink a brewski, but he can he can ball though. So <laughs> definitely yeah. most unique. Yeah, no question. Let's Absolutely not forget that we've seen we've seen elite prospects go to the G League and struggle to find their footing a little bit. Like elite mm-hmm. prospects that didn't absolutely light up the G League. You know, it was a bit a little little bit of a learning curve. You know, they struggled a little bit out of the gates. Yeah, no struggle whatsoever. This guy is toying with other professional basketball players as an 18-year-old. He's swatting shots like he's a dad in the in the driveway with his little kids. He is dunking. Oh. He's showing the full skill set, dribbling, pull step backs, deep threes, drives to the basket, post-ups, lob catching. He is doing it all. Okay. Passing. He is toying with these guys. Okay. And I understand it's just the G League. But we've seen that so also disclaimer the G League Ignite that they played is not like a, like there are an actual G League but it's all where all the prospect goes so it's all people his age so. true but but still I mean good basketball players these oh yeah absolutely players. absolutely I wasn't taking anything away from it. I was just saying true. like they're not adults like true. adult adult but the consensus number two pick on the other side absolutely Scoot Henderson and Victor is toying with them okay yeah he's he's on another level absolutely insane. Yon, any closing thoughts on Victor is the greatest prospect ever, potentially? Uh, no, nah, I agree with you guys. He's definitely the most unique. Like, they made this dude in a French lab or something. I don't know what they're feeding him. It's crazy. He's too damn big. Dude <laughs> looks like, you know, the villain of every basketball movie where there is no way you can overcome him. The hero Bro. finds a way in the end in the basketball movie, but I don't think you find a way in real life. <laughs> he literally looks like a, a monster, yeah. like from Space Jam, yeah. <laughs> like an actual monster. Yeah. And for being seven foot four, he's not that skinny. Like we talk about Chet being skinny. This dude is not built like Chet. He is a little he's bit, a little bit tiny bit, but he is fucking skinny, dog. <laughs> he, he's he is still pretty skinny, but for being seven foot four, he, he looks good. I'm not worried about him breaking anything. I I am actually, and I'll tell you why next. All right. Because he already broke stuff. (laughs) The question then is, how will Victor Wembanyama? Obviously, he's going to affect next NBA season when he comes into the league. How will he impact this season, Dion? Oh, this season, like the one that we're about to start. Yep. Um, they were they were saying on ESPN. Oh, they uh, half of the league is gonna tank. Uh, blah 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 da da. Bro, I I get it. 
this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for 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 some teams, but the reality of it is that only like really like three teams at the bottom can actually plan to get him because all the other uh, people that try to tank are not going to have the same percentage in, in the lottery and literally only one part or only one team can get it. So you're going to gamble your whole season. If you have like a decently good team on this, I guess you can, but I don't think it's, it's going to be worth it. There's, there's definitely going to be a race to the bottom. I think the thunder are going to be there. The Spurs are going to be there. The Pacers are going to be there. Maybe Orlando, uh, but th- th- it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be a race to the bottom for sure. I don't think like half of the league is gonna tank like they were saying on ESPN. But it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting where to see where he's gonna land. Uh, but in terms of this season, there's gonna be a lot of losses in in the bottom. There's not I, those those lines on on Bovada on the win totals. I, I'm hammering the under on some of them because <laughs> 23 is a little high. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, yeah, I'm hammering the under on a lot of these teams. There's going to be tanking like we've never seen before oh, in our lives. In the process. Okay, and maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong, but the bottom third of the league is going to throw games like we've never seen, mm-hmm. and the product is going to hurt. Is going to suffer as a result. <laughs> but mm-hmm. we've we've already seen the impact. Uh, you really think the Jazz deciding to rebuild now is a coincidence? You really think the Spurs deciding to rebuild this season is a coincidence? No, they're planning ahead. They want this guy. This is a generational <clears throat> talent. And he, he's already impacting this season. I fully believe that a lot of these teams deciding this season is the time to rebuild is because of that. So... It, it's already happening, and a lot of these teams, unfortunately, are probably going to be unwatchable because they yeah. it is in their best interest to lose games this season. Yeah, I mean, the Spurs and the Jazz have nothing to win, so <clears throat> this is the only thing they can aim at for this season. And the fact that it's a draft lottery, I think, will actually increase tanking rather than decrease because you don't have to be the worst to still have a shot at him. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're hovering around that, you know, five through ten, you still have a real shot at him. No, there's no way, bro. It's it's ten I to say a real shot, kind of an outside shot. But there's absolutely no reason to try and finish eleventh. So you're going to see a lot of tanking towards the end of the season from those guys. Nobody can out tank mm-hmm. like the Thunder and the Spurs this season. You just don't have the horses. You still have mm-hmm. guys who can put the ball in the hoop. So yeah. you're not going to be able to out tank them. But if the you jazz get fourth and the jazz, yeah. But if you get fourth, fifth, sixth, you still have a real you you still have a shot. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to stop them from trying. Uh, VJ, what do you think about Victor impacting this season? Yeah, I, I definitely think um, he'll have an impact on what teams look to do as far as being competitive and winning games or whatnot. Um, but I'll take it a step further. I think teams that usually are aggressive trying to get towards the play-in games might decide if we're 10 to 12 games under 500, let's just let's just try to get this guy. Like, why fight to be an ape seed and just lose and extend our season? Let's just, you know, call it one and try to get this dude. So I think you'll see a lot of teams who might usually be competitive or try to be – you'll see, like, a Charlotte, maybe, like, a team in a Western Conference. Like, we could be frisky, but we'd rather get this dude. So I could definitely see that, him having an impact there, but – um, you guys kept saying the Spurs. 
And now I know why I have a conspiracy theory about the Spurs. Um, it just so happens that Victor Wimbanyana plays for the team that Tony Parker owns. And it's not a coincidence that the Spurs got rid of DeJounte Murray last year, got rid of all their best players. Like, I think they already knew, like, this was in the works. Maybe Tony Parker hit up Pop and was like, I got this kid on my team. Set the stage for 2023, might be able to make it happen. But I don't know. It, these guys probably only come around once in a generation, like, actually. So when people say generational talent, he, like, legitimately is a definition of it. So you'll definitely see teams, like, like trying to tank just to have a chance to get them. Yeah, I totally agree. I, the teams that – I mean, the Spurs weren't going to be good in any universe. You know, they're going to be Absolutely at the very not. bottom. But I think this could affect teams like the Hornets – the Knicks, yeah. uh, yep. the Blazers, maybe of like, what is you know, what's the point of being ten games under five hundred and struggling to make the play in? Like you're saying, B, like might as well try and get in that bottom ten and at least have a shot. We've seen it before, you know, like with the you know the ping pong balls have their magic sometimes. Like we saw with the Magic yeah. getting Shaq and and Penny, like you have a shot still. So what's like, what would you rather do? Make the play-ins in 2023 or have a shot at a generational talent? You know, the answer is obvious. That's fair. That's fair. Like, I'll, I'll, I'm going to push back a little bit just because, yes, it is undisputed. I am not arguing at all that he is, like, the most unique and, and he is a generational talent. But I my concerns that I was talking about earlier is his body because he's already <laughs> – he's. He's not injury prone. He he's not going to be injury prone. He's already injury prone. He already had injuries. He missed forty three games with his professional team in the past two years, uh, and he has a stress fracture on his leg, which can only get worse with putting on weight and and like playing in the NBA. And he has shoulder he has a shoulder injury, and he breaks his fingers a lot. So Damn. there's 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 a lot to be concerned about. So and like historically players that are above seven feet or like above seven three uh they all get hurt chet greg odin yao ming wiseman perzingis it's it that's the only thing like if you have a shot at the playoffs why wouldn't you like why wouldn't you go for it because this is like this is this is a very risky project it's like it's either hundred percent reward or like zero because he could be out of the league in three years. I'm I'm not saying I want that to happen at, by any means. I'm just saying this is a concern that teams should have that they should factor in into the decision to tank. That's all I'm saying. You may be a hundred percent right, Dion, but I don't think NBA GMs are going to care. I think no, that's fair. That's fair. I'm just, I'm just concerned because like he's he in two years he had all those injuries. Two years. You guys like people saw him like for those two games. This past week, but like, there's a whole history of this. Like before that, he was just he had just happened to be healthy for these two games, so it, it's a, it's a big concern in my eyes just because of the like the history behind big men like this. So they they definitely not going to take that into account. I'm just saying like there's a lot of bust potential here, not because of his skill, but because of his body. That's fair. I mean, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, stress factors are there forever. Basically, it's hard to get rid of, especially because it's on his shin. I mean, you talk about Yao Ming. I mean, I, I think that could be a fair comparison. But even as injury riddled as Yao Ming was, he was still really great when he was. Oh, healthy. absolutely. He still had what, like seven really great years. So. Yeah. I mean, 
fair. Didn't really win anything, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, suddenly the harshest critic in the world, Dion Franklin. I'm always the harshest. Fine, just rob us of all our excitement and joy. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just, just being cautious because really I don't want to get my hopes up for this dude. What, you scared of being hurt? Yes, always. <laughs> That's fair. I'm scared of being hurt, too. <laughs> all right. Since we're talking about 18-year-old prospects, um, NBA is seriously considering lowering the draft age to 18 <clears throat> starting in 2024. If this had been the case, this would be Victor Wembanyama's rookie season. Yeah. And he would be playing for the Orlando Magic, which would be tragic. Um, since, sorry, let's go back to Victor for a second. Since VJ is talking about conspiracies, I'm going to go ahead and say right now, no shot does Utah or San Antonio get the number one pick with Victor on the board. I think he somehow finds his way to a bigger market than Utah or San Antonio. I'm Ow. just saying. <laughs> I don't know. We've seen it before. How did Patrick Ewing end NBA up in is going to reward pop. NBA is going to reward pop for all you his think? years. <laughs> think? No, way, no way does he end up in Utah for sure. No shot. They would, hell no. There's no way. I will make sure that doesn't happen, dog. Bro, I will boycott no the league if he ends up in Utah. I'll, no, I think I'll call the manager. Find in Utah, like for me personally, I'm just saying the league is. No, nah, they would never. I'll call the conspiracies. He, no shot. You've seen those? Just because of the record. jerseys alone. I don't want them in Utah. Yeah, those are god awful. Gross. Woof. Um, okay, anyway, back to lowering the draft age to 18. Um, Dion, are you a fan of the NBA potentially lowering the draft age to 18 from 19? Absolutely. I don't see why they would, they, they, they went back to like the other way around. Like they, th- that rule brought us, brought us players like LeBron, Dwight Howard, Kevin Garnett, Kobe. Those are some of the best names of all time. If there is a prospect that is like that, that is like Victor, that is like LeBron. There's like Dwight. Why not go get him right away? He has. They probably have no interest in going to school, and if they do go to school, it's just for a year. Why not just get him right away, where you can develop him younger, and you know, just get some ex- more more experience. They get an extra year out of him. So I don't see why not. Yeah, I'm on the fence. Um, I agree. It's, it would be very good for prospects. Um, but I mean, at the same time, that year doing either the G League or college, I think, can be good. Most of those guys you just named, except LeBron, weren't that great when they were 18. A lot of them were pretty bad in the league. LeBron dro- dropped seven, 27 a game. I know. <laughs> I, just said ex- I, I just said other than LeBron. Obviously, LeBron was great from the word go, but a lot of those other guys were pretty bad when they were 18 in the NBA. So, I mean, that's a factor, but, I mean, it would be really great. We've seen some guys get hurt pretty bad when they were 18, cost them their NBA career, so that would be kind of shitty. But, I mean, I don't know. Just as a fan, I just think college basketball will be so bad now with this rule. Well, bro, like, like, wait, 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 wait. You know how, like, the percentage of people that will go from high school to to the NBA is, like, minimal. It's, like, not even one a year. Yeah, I mean, it could depend. They will still go to college. They will still go to college. (laughs) Some will. Some will. Some won't. Um. I, but, you know, I think that is also kind of inevitable anyway. We're already seeing a lot of players decide to play overseas or in the G League instead of college anyway. So maybe that's inevitable. But I don't know. I, I'm kind of on the fence. VJ, what do you think of this? 
Um, I think it makes sense for a lot of guys. I think some dudes went to college because of to meet a requirement, and it really wasn't like something that they were invested in. Um, but I also think on the other side, college makes sense for some dudes if this does if lowering the age requirement does lead to people not going to college to play basketball. But again, like honestly, some of the people who didn't go to college are some of the best players in our game today. Like mm-hmm. if you look at Luca, I believe wasn't in college. Giannis yeah. wasn't in college. Like development in the league kind of helps. But I don't know. I'm I'm calling this the Bronny James rule, even though Bronny just turned 18 like the Facts. other day. <laughs> I mean, like this is the Bronny James rule. So. I, but I think I, it will hurt college basketball because college basketball is already on the downtrend, if I'm being honest. So if you take, like, a, electric, like, young prospects out of that, then it's kind of like, oh, now we're just watching a bunch of grad students play basketball. So I don't know if we're going to skip that either. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's what I'm saying. Of like, I don't like that it hurts college basketball. But, like, you know, you're saying it. It's on the downtrend anyway. Like, we're seeing a lot of dudes go to the G League go to play overseas anyway just mm-hmm. not bother with college yeah and like sorry go ahead no no go ahead b i was gonna say if you think about who wins the ncaa championship mostly it's never led by a freshman that often it's more so like teams who have been there for two or three years the virginias the north carolinas the villanovas teams like that like guys who are system guys and you can still go to college and be great but you never really see impact freshmen in that light like they just get their numbers and then they kind of shut it down probably after they get eliminated the first round of the tournament you know oh yeah and some of these kids don't even go to school after that they just <laughs> just leave ben yeah, simmons left in, ben simmons left in, ben simmons left in march james wiseman left uh, probably january like they don't even go to school like that yeah, but I'm just thinking of some of the great, like, number one and number two prospects that ended up going to college. You know, if this rule had been in place the whole time, there's no Zion Williamson at Duke. There's no Anthony Davis at Kentucky. There's no John Wall at Kentucky. There's no Derrick Rose at Memphis. And, like, so many of these, like, memorable college basketball moments. Well, some, of these, some of these guys Everybody were not. named was ready to go to the league. That's <laughs> true. Right yeah, I was, I was about to say, like, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, the amount of people that point. going from high school, <laughs> the amount of people that going from high school is probably one every five years. Like, there's not that many. That. I think it'd be what? more like four or five every year. I think the top four or four five. Are you insane? Are you, there's, there's, there's five, five LeBron James and Dwight Howards every year. That's how did you get that from what I just said? You said four or five a year. Yeah, we'll I'm go from saying high like school the to... top high school prospects, like the next big thing potentially in the NBA. I think teams will absolutely roll the dice with several high school players every year. No shot. No shot. Yeah. I think it may be like two, maybe two every other year. There's I mean, not that many that, that are that type of talent. That's what I'm saying is I don't think you have to be a generational talent these days to be drafted straight out of high school if that's an availability. Like, you think teams will do, like, a project on a guy, yeah. you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's like, a high-risk, high-reward, but I think some – I definitely, like, OKC, who has, like, 38,000 picks, would probably take, like, a oh, you're a 6'10 high school who can <laughs> shoot threes, we'll draft you. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'll tell you we'll the redeeming quality, though, of – 
that first draft, I guess it would be 2024, would be absolutely wild when you have both 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds who had to still had to wait a year. We'll have the class of 2023 and 24 in the same mm-hmm. draft, which would be absolutely wild. That'll be that the Wild crazy. West. Yeah. <laughs> Two classes worth of talent in one NBA draft would be absolutely insane. So that would be cool. But get your popcorn ready for that draft. But yeah, sad, sad for college basketball. Happy for pro basketball. But what do you do? Um, so we forgot to talk about lost in the Victor Wembanyana hype train even on this show we forgot to lost in the sauce lost <laughs> the sauce scoot henderson also part of that showcase scoot henderson projected on bovada to go he is plus 1000 to be drafted first overall victor he is the next closest he is the next closest <laughs> first yeah so victor minus a thousand scoot plus a thousand to be drafted first overall so, Dion, what were your thoughts on Scoot Henderson from that showcase? Are we overlooking him? I th- I think so. I mean, I didn't know much about him before last week, but I watched him play, and I like him a lot. He is athletic. He can shoot. Uh, he can dribble. Like he, 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 all the qualities you want in a player. And v- Victor said it himself: if if Victor never existed, Scoot would go first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scoot would go first. And the fact that he's in the G League Ignite maybe uh, doesn't bode well for him, like, popularity-wise, because not a lot of people watch the G League like that. But he's he's an interesting prospect, and it's going to be interesting to see where he lands. Yeah, I mean, first of all, that's a great quote. quote. If I was never born, um, you could be number one overall. It's both, like, complimentary in a way and so ridiculously cocky. Like it's insane. <laughs> um, so that's a great soundbite from our guy Victor. Uh, but I absolutely Vic, uh Scoot's being overlooked. This guy could absolutely be number one a lot of these years. I mean, yep. he could do it all. I love his handles. I love absolutely. the English at the basket. Like he can really finish. He's explosive. I mean, he's what you know every NBA scout is looking for in a guard you know showed a really nice shooting stroke there and as good as he is it's absolutely insane looking on Bavada that Victor is minus a thousand and Scoot is plus a thousand that gap is so wide it's insane (laughs) like that's huge yeah that is a monumental gap between those two (laughs) and I, I think it's just because Victor is that high, not because there's anything wrong with Scoot by oh, absolutely. any metric. Um so yeah, it it's I feel bad kind of kinda of bad for him that he's been overlooked as bad as he right. is, but hopefully he uses it as motivation because he yeah. is really nice. Really nice. Uh VJ, what do you think of Scoot from this showcase? Uh first of all, I love the name. Let's get yeah, that out of the Fire name. Let's talk. <laughs> um, no, uh, I like he's a powerful guard. I think like if you look at him, he's built kind of like a linebacker almost. Like very, he's got a for him to be eighteen. He's like physically strong. He reminds me a little bit of a combination between Donovan Mitchell and Anthony Edwards. Like he can really get to all three levels and score. He played plays with a lot of poise. And there were a few times he drove directly at Victor. Like, he didn't really care. So that kind of fearlessness. Um, but absolutely, 
in a lot of drafts, he would be like the number one pick. Um, so it's definitely nothing wrong with his game or why he's like so far out from the number one pick. It's just because I guess if we're not Victor, you know, he would be up there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't get over that line on Bavada. That is so wild to me of like yeah. that a guy this good is so far behind in that, you know, the number two prospect is that far behind the number one prospect. But I mean, we saw it on the floor. So, yeah. Yeah. Wild times to be sure. Um, yeah. Scoot Henderson. Great sports name, <laughs> which leads perfectly. Thank you, BJ, into our out of bounds. So let's go out of bounds really quick. Talk about our non-basketball related topic and shout out to my guy, Alex Hoffman, huge fan of the show for inspiring this out of bounds. And this is our favorite names in sports history. Okay. Best names in sports history. All right. Can be funny, can be epic, whatever you want it, whatever you want it to be. Um, I'll go first with one. Actually, I'll give you two. I have like twelve. So, one of my favorite all-time sports names. He was a lineman for the New York Jets, DeBrickashaw Ferguson. Oh yeah, that is a <laughs> name on a lineman if I've ever seen one. DeBrickashaw, great name, elite name. Um, also from the NFL, can't go wrong with ha ha Clinton Dix. Can't go wrong with ha ha Clinton Dix. Great name. Mm-hmm. Great name. Good player too. I don't think he's in the NFL anymore, but he was pretty good there for a minute. Uh, VJ, give me a couple more. Oh, you took some of mine, but that's okay. Um, let's just, there's a, I think he was a quarterback, John David Booty. <laughs> And not far behind him, Jim Bob Cooter. Yep. <laughs> Love <guy>. Jim Bob. <laughs> Huge fan of old Jim Bob. <laughs> Jim Bob Cooter. <laughs> give, give me a give give me a name or two. All right, I'll give you two. I'll give you Mo Bamba. One of the most mm. iconic names in the name. past 10 years. I love That's that. a great name. You know, they make songs about him, you know what I'm saying? And then a very sophisticated name that comes out of the NBA again, and that is Bo Bo. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> if one is, as to quote the great Scott Van Pelt, if one is good, more is better. Two bowls, <laughs> one name, Bo Bo. <laughs> Love that. Can never go wrong with Dip Dick Buttkiss. Yep, that was on my list. <laughs> Dick Buttkiss, all time name. Um, I also love Stubby Clap. <laughs> Shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals. Look him up, Stubby Clap. And first of all, that sounds like it was a guy from like 1903. It was like <laughs> 1990 something, I think. Like this guy played. So Stubby Clap. Love love that name. BJ. <laughs> Yeah, I'll rip off too. Um, this guy is kind of new on the scene. Actually, Wimbanyana's teammate, Steve Ho You Fat. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. That is yep. his actual last name. Bro, he had the announcers petrified they were gonna get canceled. I know. Um, his name. His next one is a little bit underrated. 
OJ Mayo. Bro, I, bro, that was going to be my next one, I swear. <laughs> going back Can't to go wrong with two, food, with two foods. Going back to Ho You Fat, the, the thing that makes it funny is not just the Ho You Fat, it's the Steve in front of it. Steve. <laughs> it's like what Kid Pill does, those, those names. No. Like, <laughs> A.A. Rod. So Steve, Steve coming to the party this weekend? Steve who? Steve, Steve oh, you fat. Oh, you fat. <laughs> oh, you fat? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> Steve. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's uh, first name is Steve, bro. So nah, funny. Steve Miller. Nah, you know I'm talking about Steve. Oh, you fat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so funny. Dion. All right, I have two more. I have assistant coach for the Indiana Pacers at some point. Popeye Jones. Mm. <laughs> I love Great it. name. Great name. And the other one is God Sham God. Yep. Iconic. Yep. Gotta gotta have him. For is, sure. is that his actual name? Like, did his parents name him God Sham God? God? I want to no say. Way. I want to say yes. You There's know? no way. It's gotta be. <laughs> like a lot of these names are like nicknames that they you know prefer to be called by. There's no way his parents. <laughs> a little one day old infant said, Your name is God, God. Sham God. God. <laughs> I don't know. I got to do some research into that. There's no way. But yes, iconic name. Um, I know I'm not pronouncing it correctly, but I'm going with Dewana Boner, <laughs> um, former WNBA player. I'm pretty sure it's Bonner. But I don't yeah, know. but uh, you know, it's it, sounds, it sounds better. Dewana Boner. <laughs> Great name. <laughs> Um, pretty it. much a whole sentence, to be honest. Um, <laughs> as a subject proposition, um, yeah, verb. Verb. <laughs> also, this guy is currently in college football. Give me Tank Bigsby. This is Ooh. the greatest name of all time. Tank this is Bigsby. the most. That is the most intimidating name of all time. Like, <laughs> can you imagine just coming out of the huddle? Yo, TC, you got Tank. No shot. Uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> no, I don't. Sub, get me out. I am not taking on Tank Bigsby. That man will end my <laughs> career. Great name. <laughs> Great. I have no idea if he's any good or not. But with a name like Tank Bigsby, he's got to be absolutely elite. Yeah. If I have the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, I'm taking him. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have to. I don't make the rules. BJ? Um, you know, this is actually a real person's name. I think he played for the Nuggets. I want to say, but uh, my my guy, world be free. Yep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, this next one you guys are gonna love. Uh, I think a current baseball player not too long ago, Coco Crisp. <laughs> no way. Real name. Actual Real name. Can't be actual given name. by parents. Coco Crisp. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> He is a two percenter. Coco, if you know what I'm Coco saying. Coco Crisps. <laughs> Dion, keep going. Uh, I have a, I have a player, former NBA player for the Dallas Mavericks, Yui Blab. I'm sorry, what? Exactly. U U W E B L A B. Well, that's an insult. That's not a name. Yui Blab. Blab, bro. <laughs> oh my god. And then the name is basically calling you a rat, like <laughs> <No>. <laughs> calling you a snitch. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> the next one I have is not funny. Is this iconic to me? 
for personally because I love this player and we go into soccer and that is Neymar da Silva Santos Jr. Most people oh, don't know like... the full name, but it's just Neymar. <laughs> love it. Bro, I wish I was just went by a first name only. I wish my I had a different first name for that, but I wish I was just iconic enough to go by a first name. <laughs> um, going back to college football. Give me the coldest Crawford. Oh, the coldest to ever do the it, coldest. baby. <laughs> um, turns out to not be the coldest in college football. I think he's bounced around, but iconic name, the coldest. Love to see it. Um, I think give me Dylan Death Rage. Oh God, great name. Damn, <laughs> Dylan Death Rage. <laughs> Hi, if your last name is Death Rage. How do you have the audacity to throw such a mundane first name in front of that? Dylan? I mean, Dylan Death Rage. Dylan Death Rage. There'd be like Brock or Hank or something. Yeah, what? The coldest. Nah, get Dylan out of here, but Death Rage. Insane last name. Love to see it. BJ, you got any more? I got two more. Um, This guy, Dean Widenass. I don't know if that means <laughs> Dean is a good boy, but Dean Widenass. Love it. Secondly, this might be the one that takes the cake for me. Um, cannonball Titcom. Titcom. <laughs> <Saw that. laughs> cannonball. That is yeah. elite. You know, this guy's a boss with a name like Cannonball. I'm picturing a guy with a mustache. Had to have a mustache. Yeah, too. Mm-hmm. Or he got the little lamb chops, the food yep. man chops. Lamb chops also acceptable. <laughs> no way uh, did he have a naked face. No way. Not like that. <laughs> Dion, Whew. you got any more? I have two more. I have two more. One that I don't. I can't believe we didn't mention yet, or maybe I just missed it. But Taco Fall, that yeah. name oh, is absolutely. Name. That's an elite name, and it's it's it's, it's, it's current. And then I have, I'm going to move again into pro soccer. And I will go with Fabian Assman. <laughs> no shot. Is that his name? <laughs> no shot. Oh swear. You are lying. <laughs> I swear. You are so full of shit. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's too perfect. Look it up. Look it up. Bro, Fabian Assman. He's the Assman. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen that episode of Seinfeld? <laughs> I'm Cosmo, the ass man. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. <laughs> I wonder if he'll adopt me. Um, I got three more to take us home. Um, give me Tiger Shanks. Great name. Ooh, that's Tiger great name. Shanks. Great this name. This is a solid name. Going lighter along with that. Um, you know, some of these names, first name and last name don't really go together. These absolutely <laughs> go together. Props to mom and dad. Um, speaking of guys, I don't want to go against Demon Clowny. Demon? What the hell? Demon Clowny. Demon? Demon? Clowny. Demon? <laughs> Demon? Demon Clowny. Maybe not props to mom and dad. Oh, I mean, you're definitely demon. not. Demon but, Clown? I mean, but when you talk about Clowny as a last name, like, your name is basically Demon Clown. Like, yeah. <laughs> I am horrified. <laughs> yeah. Sub, absolutely. <laughs> and last, give me Kool Aid McKinstry. What? <laughs> what? I really hope that is not a nickname he goes by in his 
mother and and or father really named him Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid? <laughs> Did somebody is he a white like, dude or a black dude? I dude don't want to make assumptions. There's some, some symbolism there. <laughs> so I'm going to plead the fifth on this. Um, I have a guess, though. But did somebody just give this parent advice? Like, name your child after something you love. Oh, say less. <laughs> <laughs> and Kool-Aid was brought into this world. Um, sweet right. child. Very sweet child. Can, can I go one more time? Go. go All right. Just, I'm done. I'm done after these two. Three. Sorry. Blue Moon Odom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, your Highness Morgan. Your Highness. Yeah, you. That is sick. <laughs> and then this, this is the best one of all time. Chief Kicking Stallion Sims. <laughs> that is elite. Yeah, oh my god. Here we that go, is boys. Absolutely elite. Kicking Stallion. <laughs> Chief Kicking <laughs> Stallion Sims. <laughs> Yo, I love that. Oh, dude, this is crazy, dog. Oh, shout out. Who, you said Alex? Your friend. Who, who yeah, my buddy this? Alex Hoffman recommended. Alex, <laughs> way to go. Yes. Huge supporter of the show. So shout out to my guy, Alex. Absolutely. Oh, that was too fun. All right. If you guys are listening to this, know that we appreciate you. We do. Shameless plug to follow us on social media at the Dot Dagger Podcast. Interact with us. Keep up to date with everything we got going on. If you're enjoying the show and want to know how you can give back, just put that five star rating on Spotify, Apple. Yeah, we Apple appreciate it. Absolutely helps Please us out. Do. We appreciate were over some of the reviews that just came in unprompted. Made our day. Yeah, that was absolute gas. That premium gas. Love that. So we appreciate the fans. Huge fan of the fans. But we will catch you next time. Peace. Deuces. Peace. Kicking down. (laughs) I'm still still sticking with Tank Bigsby. That's just such a great name. It just just rolls off the tongue. Like Tank Bigsby. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and and there's there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com.